0: You are now listening to Warriors on Fire. Fire. With one of my uh, executive team members, and um, I walk and talk with my teams all the time. <laughs> But we do it early, early in the morning. 5 o'clock, 5.15, we go for a walk. We walk for 45 minutes to an hour. We get a little sweat on because we're going up and down stairs and walking all around. We don't run. there's no push-ups. It's no sit-ups. no air squats. It's, it's not meant to be a workout. It's just meant to be a walk and talk and uncover and discover a lot of powerful stuff. Actually, it might be a strategy that you want to deploy with you and your teams and or you and just yourself. I started the walk and talk game with myself a long time ago. And uh, it's very, very insightful, very intense, wonderful audio book style game that I do in the morning. But this morning I had a walk and talk with one of my team members and we were walking and we were discussing issues with the businesses and things we needed to fix and things we needed to work on and just spending time together walking. And uh, as we came up to this one point, Right, oh, looking over uh, the ocean. Uh, it was still dark in the morning, so it wasn't, you couldn't see I mean, you could see a little bit of the ocean, but you couldn't really see it intensely. And I look out over the ocean, and um, I'm sitting on this point, uh, looking out over the water, and we're talking about one of our other team members, and I'm, and I'm yelling. Like, I'm like intensely, not yelling and screaming, I'm just speaking very intensely. And I'm sitting there, and I say this, I'm like, all I want to do when, <laughs> all I want to do is fucking punch him in the face and throw him off a cliff. Like that's what I said. And these three women who are always coming around, they always work out about the same time and they do these uh, these like, they keep their legs straight and they, they, they lean up against the bench and they do these uh, uh, tricep workouts on the benches. And one of the girls, and I don't know their names, I just see them every morning when I'm doing my walk and talk and I sit on the same bench. And one of the girls comes up or she's sitting there, she's doing tricep extensions and she says, maybe, she said, oh, "Man, it sounds like." She said, "Man, it sounds like you need to do some. It sounds like you need to do some tricep extensions and walk up and down the stairs a little bit." And I looked at her and I said, "No, you need to do some tricep extensions like you're doing and continue to walk up and down the stairs." Me, on the other hand, I'm just going to blast the fuck out of people this morning. And then all three of these women got quiet and then they walked away. And as I was sitting there, I was thinking about how how much society has downplayed intensity. Like, and how people are absolutely okay if you're a giggly, little giddy, little, Ee-hee! girl. But if you're an intense guy and vice versa, if you're an intense woman, if you're an intense woman, you're a bitch. Like, people just look at you this way like, fucking bitch, what's wrong with her? Why is she so intense? And if you're an intense man, there's also not a lot of respect for that in sense that most people are terrified of it. And so they'll do things like, hey, you need to calm down. Hey, you need to deal with that. Hey, you need to deal with that intensity. And here's the the lesson or the principle of the day. And then we're going to make this relevant to you and how this plays out in life. But the relevant principle is this. Is that intensity intimidates. Intensity intimidates those who are less intense. Watch what I just said. Intensity intimidates those who are less intense. Let me say it again. Intensity intimidates those who are less intense. And intensity shows up in all kinds of ways. Intensity shows up in yelling, it shows up in excitement, it shows up in passion, it shows up in joy. It can show up in any of those emotions and express itself in any number of ways. This morning I was expressing my intensity through yelling and speaking firmly. La, 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 la. That was my intensity. And unapologetically, unapologetically, and this is the challenge you and I day to day have been taught to downplay what's going on for us. You've been taught to downplay it because your intensity at whatever level intimidates other people around you who are not as intense. And so what do you do? You downplay. You filter. You sedate. You, you pretend. You hide. You act like one thing, but you're actually another. You act like you're doing one thing, but you're actually thinking another. And this becomes the path of Death. Death. Is to operate in a world in which you are constantly trying to behave in a way that you think everyone else will accept. Well, guess what? I wasn't having a conversation with these three fucking women. I was having a conversation with my business partner. They rolled up on us sitting on the ledge and decided to do their workouts inside of my conversation. And then decided to insert themselves into my conversation. So fuck you. I appreciate you. But get your little workout asses going somewhere else because your personality and your decision about my intensity, just because you're intimidated doesn't mean I give a fuck. So here's my question for you. Where in your world across body being, balanced and business do you find yourself in a place where you are downplaying your intensity because of the intimidation it gives other people? Where are you downplaying it? Maybe it's in the way you do your fitness. Maybe it's in the way that you deal with God and spirituality, Jesus, Christ, or whoever you believe in. Maybe it's in the way you deal with marriage and the way that you love your wife or your children. Maybe it's in the way you believe about business or marketing, etc. You have downplayed and filtered yourself. Where's that area at? Pull out your warm-up any your weapon, a okay, drill journal, and your pen, and write that area down. Here's the area where I am downplaying my intensity. And in downplaying my intensity... I'm doing it because My I'm friend, intimidating. My friend, what you just finished listening to is today's daily fire. It's a parable and a principle. Up next is the daily fuel, which is the connection of that fiery parable and principle to the actual production strategies of living the warrior's way found in the warrior book. So if you don't have a copy of the warrior book, well, guess what? Although this next daily fuel is going to be powerful, it won't be nearly as powerful if you don't have the tools and resources to follow along. I would encourage you to head to warriorbook.com and get that book shipped to you today. Man, woman, or child is going to help you either way. So, with or without the book, here we go. And welcome to this section known as The Daily Fuel. So today's topic is about intensity. Oh, you just heard my little story about the three little workout princesses and their lack of encouragement... Yes, you will, about my intensity while being on a walk and talk with one of my team and their lack of desire to support my intensity uh, led to the principle from that parable, which is intensity intimidates those who are less intense. Listen to that intensity intimidates those who are less intense Makes sense, it's not like rocket science. So today we're gonna dive into the warrior book. We're gonna continue down our keys and our one-door conversation, but we're gonna do this inside of relevance to this principle. Intensity intimidates those who are less intense. And ultimately inside of this, where you're in a world, in our world, there are constantly people who are telling you to be quiet and to tone it down. And that actually comes down to holding deadlines And holding clear parameters on when shit should be done. And that is our focus inside of the keys. But we're going to start off with a little quote from my Daily Fire on this topic from myself. And then we're going to run over and hear a little something-something from Tony Robbins. So here was a quote from the Daily Fire. This becomes a pathway of death to operate in a world where you are constantly trying to behave in a way that you think everyone else will accept. Which, by the way, is impossible. Fucking impossible. You know this is fucking impossible. I know this is fucking impossible. The only impossible, the real insane, strange game is when we start to think that it's not. All right, so here's a game. When? Chapter 30, page 374, section five, the keys. The man, the myth, the legend, the pioneer of an industry, Tony Robbins. Once you've mastered time, you will understand how true it is that most people overestimate what they can accomplish in a year and underestimate what they can achieve in a decade. Tony Robbins, American businessman, author, and philanthropist. That's pretty sweet. Think about that comment. They underestimate or overestimate what they can accomplish in a year and underestimate what they can accomplish in a decade. Journal of the Wake Up Warrior, the movement was born seven years ago. Seven years ago was the initial video I ever shot on it. It was born 10 years ago in my journal and something that I was working on. And then we launched. And so basically in 10 years, like what Tony says is absolutely true. The question is, what might be true for you? Like what might be possible for your life in a decade You know, in the warrior game, if we speed that up, what we're really saying, too, is that, you know, you might overestimate what you can get done in a week, but you underestimate what you can get done in a challenge. All right, let's jump into this. Verse 1, page 374. We have a what, why, and now we have a when. This is the time frame and constraint, which tells us the action that we say we're going to take. This outcome we are going to create, the why and the fire behind it. That is going to happen at a specific time under a specific constraint of pressure based upon time, date, and function. Two, inside of one of my keys, I might say, my constraint is that I'm going to launch these new ads on Google for this new marketing. Okay, cool. Why am I going to do that? Because we need to expand our current marketing portfolio and start attracting leads into our circle from a different direction. So we're going to launch two new Google ads this week and spend X amount of dollars in ad revenue. Why is that significant? Because we need to add to our portfolio of how we attract clients. Three, what's the third question that we ask after answering the what and why then? Well, we have to know deadlines. Wednesday at 2 o'clock, I'm going to blow this up. We've got to put some time constraints on this outcome, giving it a specific day and time for completion. Four. Four. I'm always amazed when my wife and I go on vacation for four to five days with the family or just a couple, how much I'm able to accomplish in the last 48 hours before I leave. There's a clarity of focus that comes into my mind like no other time in my life. The amount of work I'm able to accomplish Thursday and Friday before I know I'm going to London or Cancun for the week with my wife for a vacation is extensively and radically greater than when I have weekends staying at home. Five. There is something about the time constraint and the finality of knowing I don't have a choice. My flight leaves at 10 o'clock on Saturday morning. I must finish this shit by Friday at this time or it will not happen. It has to be done. When your mind knows you're holding to the integrity with the date and time, you're truly going to commit to it and there's not another option. This will be done, therefore your mind immediately eliminates the bullshit. Six, let's look back at our time matrix. It will take all the people, behaviors, patterns, and activities that are not important and not urgent and will say, fuck you. This information does not matter to me today. So stop bringing that shit to me. I don't care. I have to make sure these key items are handled before I go on the trip. Because once I go on the trip, it will be, I will be stressed out about them not being done. The team won't be able to manage shit if it's not ready them for them to do it. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna come off script here real quick with you. I listen, realize uh, on our daily fuel when I was diving into the selecting of the door, I didn't spend much time on the actual time matrix. So I'm gonna run it through real quick. I'm gonna give you a sideline like freestyle, son, freestyle version of it. So Stephen Covey, author of author of the book uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, uh, passed away here a number of years ago. Amazing inspiration, man. Like I, you know what I was wondering, I was wonder i wonder what the fuck happens next like honestly Hmm. i know that wasn't actually part of the intention of me even sharing that piece but uh i always anytime i hit that where somebody of significance i actually not even just anybody's significance just anybody you know they die and you're like wow you know it's like okay like we're, we're okay what's next i wonder at some level if i come out of a vagina again And I'm just a baby again. And I come back and poop my pants and do that shit again. I don't know. Who knows? All right, anyways, let's continue down this path. I do know what happens in life now. I just don't know what happens then. I'm sure when I get then, I'll get that figured out. So here's what Stephen Covey uh, taught. He taught this time matrix. And he divided this matrix, his quad, up into, and you can study this by going back to the Keys overview and in the first couple chapters you want to go back and study it. But I didn't cover it in the daily fuel. So the time matrix itself is broken up into important and urgent and not important and not urgent categories. Okay. And so if you imagine the quadrant, you got four quads. Top left is important, top right um, is um, not urgent. Um, and then you have on the other side, you have not important and not urgent. Okay, so the way this whole thing breaks out though, if you look at these four squares inside of it, is you have in the top left are the things that are important and are urgent. Okay, and these are things like that you must get done. This is a timeline shit. It's like, dude, this must be done. Like life itself says this shit has to be done, and so you do it. Okay, like you're, you don't have a price, like you don't have to pay the bill tomorrow and say shut off the power, right? That's a must be done. It's urgent and it's important. Okay, underneath that quadrant in the bottom left, you have a quadrant which is important, um, excuse me, not important, but urgent. Not important, but urgent in the bottom left. And that bottom left, not important, urgent, this is like the fucking black hole, it's like the black hole conversation. It's all the shit everybody else's agendas that is, you know, someone else putting it on you, okay? Someone else putting it on you. And you know what? I said that wrong. It's not important, but it's urgent. So it's not important, but it's urgent. Not important to you, but urgent to somebody else. Then there's what's important to you and urgent to you. Those all sit on the left side, okay? Now we move over to the right side of, the, of this quadrant, and we look at the top right, and we have the important but not urgent, and then in the bottom right, we have the not important, not urgent. This is the social media vacuum suck, hating your life, watching shit, fucking yourself, looking at porn, hanging on Facebook, spending too much damn time on Instagram, ignoring your kids, being on your fucking cell phone, watching shit that doesn't matter. Right? So that's that bottom right quadrant. It's the not important and it is not urgent Then we have the important, or not important, but urgent, which is other people's agenda. So the whole bottom half of the matrix is bullshit. Now, this is why this is important. The entire key four game and the one-door selection comes about by choosing something that is in the important but not urgent category and choosing to make it urgent. What I mean by that is if you don't do this thing, the world's not going to fall apart, right, so your entire one door is, is created around the time matrix idea, which is being able to look into the important but not urgent category and pull something from that category over into the urgent and important, which means you're choosing to put it on your get shit done list. You're choosing to put a deadline on it. You're choosing to put a constraint on it. You're choosing to put a when on it when the reality is you could just let it fly and nobody would care and nobody would die. But you're choosing to put it there. You're saying, no, I have to do this. I am choosing to do this. I am making this important, not urgent thing. I'm choosing to make it important and very urgent. But not by anyone else's compulsion. Not by anyone else's demands. Not by anybody else's requests. You're doing this driven by your own quest. You're saying, no, no, no. I'm saying this is important. People say, well, what are you doing at 4 o'clock? You're like, "I I can't hang out. Why? Well, because I got shit to do. What do you mean you got shit to do? Yeah, I got stuff I'm committed to already. What do you mean you got stuff you're committed to? Yeah, I I have a commitment. I got to get this shit done by four. And my wife will be like, well, what are you talking about? The world's not going to end if you don't do it. I said, I know. I told myself I would finish this by four o'clock today. So I will see you at 430 because I will be driving home after I'm done at four o'clock. So this entire game of you inside of the keys and the door is about you choosing a when. A when. Let's go to verse number eight, page 375. Watch what I'm saying here. The moment I put up a time constraint, date and time on an outcome, it shifts immediately to urgent. Why does it become urgent? Because it is now a game that must occur by a specific time. Verse 9, page 376. Don't wait until the deadline has occurred to recognize when something is urgent. Don't, we don't want to be making moves out of desperation. You want to create failure for yourself? Go ahead and create a business constantly driven by urgency inside your marketing. You want to know what kind of marketing or selling you do when you're desperate? Shitty. Shitty. Shitty, 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 sideline, now I'm off script. Shitty, 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 shit, shit. Shitty, shit, 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 shit. And a shitty, shit, shit, and a shitty, shit, shit. And a shitty, 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 shitty shit, shit, shit. That's exactly what you'll create if you're constantly in desperation. Alright, back on the script. You end up collecting the wrong clients because the only people that are going to listen to you at that point are victims who want to be saved. And you're Fucked. First ten. guess what kind of employees work for you when you hire in desperation? Employees who don't really get shit done. It's not in your best interest to live in a world in which the marketplace and the conditions around you are dictating what is urgent to you. The moment that we put constraints, we play a catch-22 game of leverage on ourselves. 11. Everything inside a core four is a game of commitment and consistency through simple success swinging singles. Inside a key four, it is no different in your one door. Verse 12, if you give yourself 30 days to pull something off, guess how long you'll take to work on it? 30 fucking days. Unless you're a goddamn unicorn and some kind of lucky charm carrying gold basket weaving leprechaun, you, like most men, will wait until when? Day 27, and then all of a sudden you will have a massive leverage on yourself. So we're going to wrap up in this chapter, and we're going to string this back to the principle of the day around Intensity intensity intimidates those who are less intense. Guess what creates intensity? You know what it is? You don't have to yell. You don't have to be somebody's running around saying, fuck you. You don't have to be somebody that's like, like tattooed and big hair and beard and whatever. Like, you don't have to be any of those things. You can bring intensity into other people's worlds by forcing constraints on commitments, which means when somebody says they're going to do something or you say, okay, when are you going to do this? And they say, well, you know, I'll get it done. And you're like, by when? Well, I'm going to get it done, you know, this weekend. By when? Well, I'm going to get it done by, by like Saturday. Okay, what time? Well, I'm going to get it done by, by 6 o'clock. Okay, so you're going to have this to me Turn down. Turn to me by Saturday at 6 o'clock. How? See, the game of putting constraints on people's commitments immediately makes you intimidating because of your intensity. And there would people who, even though you're not yelling at them, will think you are too intense because you are committed to bold commitments with clear, measurable wins. Your one door and your four keys are no different. Let's go to our general center points to ponder on page three hundred eighty-three hundred eighty. Point one, it's absolutely necessary we put time constraints on our outcomes, giving a specific day and time for completion by saying, when will this action be accomplished by? This requires that I put everything a high gear before hitting my deadline. The moment I put up a time constraint, date and time into an outcome, it shifts immediately to urgent because it is now a game that must occur by a specific time. Point two, don't wait until the deadline has occurred to recognize when something is urgent. Time constraints are about leveling up the way you deal with constraints as a creator rather than a reactor. We don't wait for the world to put the time crunch on us, we put the time crunch on ourselves. Point three, if you can't tell the truth, then when you put constraints on yourself, you will not have the power to actually accomplish them because inherently inside your own mind, you know you're a liar that doesn't keep his commitments. Point four. Justice Garrett learned at Kokoro, there are two key statements to remember in order to get shit done. One, details matter, and two, time constraints get shit done. And our warrior witness of the day, Louisiana. The idea of choosing to shift something that is in the important but not urgent quadrant to important and urgent quadrant by adding the completion date is so helpful when thinking about being in control of my own life and on purpose with my business activities. In addition, tactically blocking time and training my peers, staff, and family to respect that intentionality sets me up to succeed. I wouldn't be living the code if I didn't say it feels a bit overwhelming when I think about putting it into practice today, but I trust that testing that has happened before me from the other brothers in the game.